G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigal and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as slide projectors? Today we're going to look at a really interesting prophecy relating to Jesus. Now, a few months ago, we looked into the idea of biblical prophecy, and we began by looking in Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, which say, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. We discovered that God claims to know the future, and according to the Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy, He has given us 1,817 prophecies in the Bible. Now, many of these speak about Jesus. For example, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and shall call him Emmanuel. Here, Isaiah prophesied 800 years before the event that Jesus will be born of a virgin. Micah prophesies where he would be born, Zechariah, how much he would be sold for, and what that money would eventually be used for. And later on, Isaiah also prophesies the way that Jesus would die. If you'd like to review these verses or any used in the show weekly, please visit our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? There are over 300 prophecies relating to Jesus in the Old Testament. And after these songs, we're going to look at one of my favorites. Far away stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross Exchange it someday for a crown Oh, the old rugged cross So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left His glory above To bear it to dark Calvary So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown And exchange it someday for a crown
To the old rugged cross I will ever be true Its shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday to my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I'll cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown And exchange it someday for a crown And exchange it someday for a Like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me like a river flowing down to the sea like a rushing wind you flow into me like the falling of the snow like the blood that makes me whole is the love of God that flows into me And like a river you come flooding through The desert of my heart And like the wind you come rushing Blowing life through every part And like the snow you're falling on me with the blood of your own sun And like the sun You come shining Making darkness run Just like a river Flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind You flow into me like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me And like a river you come pouring out Your love upon the field And like the wind you bring the harvest down to take your yield Like the snow you come to winter Touching hearts and aching warm And like the sun You raise the mighty light To calm the storm Just like a river flowing down to the sea 
Like a rushing wind, you flow into me. Like the falling of the snow, like the blood that makes me whole, is the love of God that flows into me. Is the love of God that flows into me. Daniel nine, beginning in verse twenty-four, reads: Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Here. We are told that seventy weeks are determined for Daniel's people, which would be the Jewish nation. But what does this seventy weeks mean? In the original Hebrew, this literally means seventy sevens are determined for your people. Now, in biblical prophecy, one day equals one year. So the period that Daniel was told was a period of four hundred and ninety years, or seventy times seven. I can only imagine how this would have pained Daniel. The Jewish nation had utterly failed the mission that God had given them. Now, many people look at the way that God chose the Jewish nation and think that He was playing favoritism. But we find out in Genesis twelve verses one to three that the role of the Jewish nation and the reason that God chose them as a people was not only that they would be blessed and hold on to this blessing, but it was that. All the nations of the earth would be blessed through them. However, they didn't share the blessing they received as they were meant to. In fact, they often rejected God and followed the idols of the surrounding nations. And for this reason, they were now in captivity. What Daniel was told here was that they would have another four hundred and ninety years to get their act together. Daniel would have been hoping that the long-awaited Messiah would soon step into the scene, but here he finds out that there would still be centuries before this happened. But when did this time period begin? When did this four hundred and ninety years begin? Was there a clear starting date given to Daniel? We'll find this out just after these songs. Spirit 
Nazarene had come to live the life of every man And he felt the fascination of the stars And as he wandered through this weary world He wondered and he wept For there were so few who'd listen to his call He came, he saw, he surrendered all so that we might be born again And the fact of His humanity Was there for all to see For He was unlike any other man And yet so much like me of his heart and those who hardly knew him and those who knew him well could feel the contradiction from the start he came he saw he surrendered all so that we might be born again and the fact of his humanity was there for surrendered all so that we might be born again and the fact of his humanity was there for all to see for he was unlike any other man and yet so much like me Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. Today, we are looking at one of the most amazing time prophecies relating to Jesus. We've so far found out that Daniel was told there would be another 490-year period for the Jewish nation to get their act together. And we're now trying to look at when this time began. But as we do this, we discover that there is another time period within this 490 years, one which equals 483 years. This was described as 7 weeks and 62 weeks. Now, while I absolutely love maths and numbers, I realize that for some strange reason, others are not quite so numerophilic as myself. So I invite you to visit our Facebook page for a clear timeline relating to what we're looking at today. Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 reads, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. Here we find out two critical points about this prophecy. Number one, the time when it begins, which is the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And number two, 
the fact that there would be 483 years until Messiah the Prince after this starting date. So let's have a look at when this date began. We find this in Ezra chapter 7 beginning from verse 12. King Artaxerxes gives an interesting decree. It reads, Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law of the God of heaven. Greetings. Now I declare that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites who volunteer to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. He continues to state that he will give them gold and silver and wheat and numerous other gifts to help the process of rebuilding the temple. Now, when did this occur? We find this in Ezra chapter 7 verse 8. It reads, Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. Now, we know from the history books that the seventh year of Artaxerxes was the year 457 BC. So the starting date for this amazing prophecy was the year 457 BC. After these songs, we'll look at the exact year of the coming of the Messiah and see if these times line up. Thank you. 
Is it relevant today? I'm Maris Gio, and today we've been looking at the most amazing time prophecy relating to the coming of the Messiah. 
We found out that Daniel tells us that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be 483 years. We also found out that this command went forward in 457 BC. Now in Luke chapter 3 verses 21 and 22 it reads, When all of the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Here we find out that after Jesus' baptism, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. What most people don't know is that this is the point when Jesus became the Messiah. Up until now, Jesus was simply Jesus, but now he became the Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed one. It stems from the Hebrew word Masa. For example, before battle, the soldiers would Masa their shield with grease. But when Masa is applied to a person, it becomes Messiah. At the time of his baptism, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he became the Messiah. Now, do we have any indication as to when this happened, as to what year this happened? Well, I'm glad that you asked. In verse 1 of the same chapter, we find out that this was in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, which was the year AD 27 exactly 483 years after the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Isn't that absolutely amazing? This year had been prophesied by Daniel almost six centuries before it happened. But it doesn't end here. If you have a red letter Bible, I invite you to open it and have a look at the very first thing that Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark. This is found in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. And it reads, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The very first thing that Jesus is recorded to have said when he began his ministry was, The time is fulfilled. What time was he speaking about? Again, I'm glad that you asked. He was speaking of the 69 weeks or 483 years that Daniel had prophesied about. Isn't that absolutely amazing? However, there was still one week to go to get to 70 weeks. There was another seven years in this prophecy. We'll look at these just after these songs. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed. Renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away. By the power of your love Hold me close Let your love surround me Bring 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. Today we've been looking at one of the most amazing time prophecies in the Bible. We have so far discovered that Daniel foretold the exact year of the anointing of Jesus close to six centuries before it happened. This completed the 69 weeks or 483 years of his prophecy. But there was still one week to go or seven years to go. So let's have a look at this last part of the prophecy. Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 reads, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Here we are told that he, the Messiah, will confirm a covenant for one week. But in the middle of the week he will put an end to sacrifice. What does this mean? Essentially what we are told is that after his anointing, three and a half years later, he will put an end to sacrifice. Now what sacrifice was Daniel speaking about? The Jewish nation had been instructed by God to sacrifice animals for their sins. These rituals were carried out in the temple. These sacrifices were done so that they would see the severity of sin and also to point forward to Jesus, which would ultimately be the one who would pay the price for humanity's sin. I like the way that John the Baptist refers to Jesus when he first sees him. In John chapter 1 verse 29 it reads, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's interesting that John didn't say, Behold the Messiah, or Behold, it's Jesus, or Behold the Son of God. No, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All of the Jews present would have realized that this is sacrificial language. And when Jesus was crucified and died for our sins, something very interesting happened in the temple. We find this in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51. It reads, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Jesus' ministry lasted exactly three and a half years. And when he died, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. Josephus reports that this veil was around four inches thick and that two horses tied on each end could not pull it apart. What I imagine that happened at this point was that God told one of his angels to go tear the veil in the temple as the sacrifices that were happening there were no longer necessary as Jesus had paid the ultimate price. Daniel foretold that sacrifice would end three and a half years after Jesus' ministry began, almost six centuries prior. And the end of the 70-week prophecy ends in Acts chapter 8 where Stephen is stoned and the Jewish people as a nation reject God's final plea to them. I absolutely love how precise biblical prophecy is. It fills me with trust and faith in God's word. Many people think that faith is just the hope or the desire that biblical accounts are true. This is most definitely not so. God doesn't expect anyone to believe just because some old book tells them to. He gives us proof after proof after proof so that we may have strong pillars to hang our faith on. And this is one more of those pillars that is still relevant today. 
But for now, thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? And give us a big thumbs up. Or you may like to visit our new YouTube channel, also called Is It Relevant Today? Where you'll find video presentations of numerous topics, including Can God Be Trusted? The Historical Jesus and Creation v. Evolution. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigal. God bless. And I hope you have a magnificent day. Jesus than anything
this world are false today.
been listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story Of Jesus and His love